by your mission. Welcome to Born for Geekdom, the podcast, also known as WBFG. We are one of a million other geek-related podcasts out there. I'm Audrey, known as the Raving Fangirl, and uh, with me is Aaron, my lifelong high school friend. We bonded over Star Trek and the fact that we had mothers who let us dress ourselves and therefore humiliate ourselves. Aaron, <laughs> if I am the Raving Fangirl, what would you like to be known as if you could have a kind of official title here? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I cornered you this morning. I cornered you. And I've only had one sip of coffee. <laughs> um, I have like a novelty-sized bucket of coffee this morning. <laughs> I'm kind of swimming around in mine. <laughs> um, maybe the I could be the, the honorary raving fan girl. I like it. Or the okay. raving fan girl in training. Ooh, I, <laughs> I feel like you're already yeah an official raving fan girl. Like I feel like there's no training you need. <laughs> You've arrived, my friend. Hooray! I wanted to ask you right away what your what are your favorite podcasts that you listen to? Um, there's really only one that I listen to every single week, even though I have many in my podcatcher that that are produced weekly. Um, and that's the one called Throwing Shade. Interesting. Yeah. And it, who does it? Um, it is part of the Maximum Fun Network. <clears throat> I don't mind plugging them because they're basically like the public radio of the internet. Excuse me. Um, but it's a, it is a woman and a gay guy and they talk about current issues that affect both women and gay men and, but they're just incredibly irreverent about the whole thing and tell nasty jokes the whole way through it. <laughs> okay, so you said it's called Throwing Shade? Yep. Okay, that goes on my list. <laughs> what else, what else do you listen to but maybe not every week? Um, John Hodgman has one called Judge John Hodgman. <laughs> That's also on Maximum Fun, and it sounds, it's just what it sounds like. It's him doing fake internet court cases. <laughs> That's fantastic. Like Judge Judy of the internet, but every, everything's a little more trivial than what she deals with. It's like, um, guys who can't agree which end do you open a banana from, or, you know, guy who thinks the other one shouldn't smoke his electronic cigarette indoors, things like that. <laughs> I love his character on The Daily Show. Yeah, he, he kills me. <laughs> we and might then, have to stalk him sometime together for the podcast. <laughs> I mean, like, at a convention, not, like, at his actual house. <laughs> I don't know, I know. I have a rough idea of where he lives, so we could go to his actual house. I had coffee in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I listened to, I very, very, very much enjoyed Doug Loves Movies. Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't. It's comedian Doug Benson who makes me, I just, I don't know, it's the man's voice, his delivery. He could just read the phone book and I would laugh hysterically. So it's called Doug Loves Movies and it's exactly what it sounds like. He just loves movies <laughs> and he talks with people about them. They do little quiz shows and stuff and... Uh, it's fantastic. I li I I'll listen to anything Ricky Gervais does, and I like Batman on Batman, which is Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. I uh, really. I just he's one of those people that I almost always agree with, almost. Yeah. <laughs> not on not on necessarily big life issues or anything, but whenever 
whenever we're discussing movies and things. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen any of his uh, Q&A sessions. Uh, no, I haven't. So he does these um, Q&A sessions, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and he rents out theaters and people, you pay, t- you pay for a ticket and you go in. And it's an open form and you can ask him anything. But the, the funny thing is, all of the ones that I've ever seen, they only get to like two questions. Because he riffs for so long. <laughs> and so it's really funny to watch. You know, they get the mics in the aisles, but really, two questions at the most. Because you know Kevin Smith, he can just kind of go. So it's very right. entertaining. He tells a lot of anecdotes. I love celebrities who don't hold back how they actually feel, even though it probably gets them isolated from important social circles <laughs> in their field of work. And he's one of those. Right. Um, I did watch his TV show for one episode. I can't even remember. Comic Book Guy or something? Oh, yeah. Comic Book Men, which I yeah. have my Netflix queue but still haven't watched. Yeah. It, my problem with that was I wanted more of... It kind of goes back and forth between like a reality show and the comic book shop. Yeah. And them recording a podcast. Like I would rather just listen to the podcast and then watch the reality show. I totally agree with that. There's yeah. something far more interesting with listening in on somebody's conversation than there is about watching a produced storyline. Right. Have you ever watched the Ricky Gervais show? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, I went through a total Ricky Gervais phase um, last, I think it was July, and for like a month I just devoured anything Ricky Gervais that I could find. And um, he has a podcast with Stephen Merchant and Carl Pokington. And it is probably one of the funniest things I have ever listened to slash seen in my entire life. I bought all of them, (laughs) which I totally couldn't afford at the time, but it was so worth it. And it was like free therapy. It was just so brilliant. And I uh, made a Pandora's, and I'm, I'm talking like Shatter this morning. I'm sorry. This is what happens when we podcast so early. Yeah, I've only been up for 20 minutes, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I kind of rolled out of bed. My morning hair looked like a Captain Hook wig this morning. It's <laughs> a podcast and not a vodcast because it's it's not pretty. <laughs> so anyway, Ricky Gervais, good. The end. Um, who are your favorite people to follow on Twitter? Um... The aforementioned John Hodgman is definitely one of them. Um, let's see. Um, are you familiar with Rob Delaney at all? Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah. He, you know, most of his tweets, I don't even get them, but then that's what ends up what makes them funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> Too smart. Yeah. Well, I would say those are definitely my top two, though. John Hodgman. I have such a hard time saying his last name. Hodgman. Hodgman. I like the way you said it. It sounded like a Pokemon. Hodgman. Release, or whatever they say. I don't know. Come out of the ball. Go. Come get him. Thank you. That's better. Who else? Who else? I almost have to look at my Twitter list. That's a good idea. I'll I'll remind you. I love, I'll tell you, I, anything Patton Oswalt tweets, that man turns the most upsetting news stories into the most 
<laughs> hilarious material I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> he had this whole thing that he was doing <laughs> on uh, on December 13th, so the day after the apocalypse was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. He was doing this thing where he was doing tweets, um, like missed connection tweets, but about mm-hmm. the apocalypse. Oh, I think I saw something like that. Oh, I have never, there was this one tweet that he, I can't even talk about it without getting hysterical. There was this one tweet that he did, and it was like, um, okay, I can't mess it up. I have to find him. <laughs> okay, no, I'll just do it. I remember enough of it to do it. It was, uh, saw you while we were looting, um, and then it was something like, Thought the burrito fart of a hobo was the horn of Gabriel, ran you over with my car. Apology lunch? <laughs> and I was just, I every time I thought of that for like five days, just hobo's burrito fart was the greatest, I think it might be the funniest phrase in all of comedy. I saw a similar Twitter, it was just a, uh, a whole account was just called Mayan Apocalypse, and the only tweet they ever did was, well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that, like, you can, I, I, Twitter just seems to have that little bit of a satirical edge um, for stuff like that, for stuff that we all think is just so overplayed. I don't even, I don't have, um, like, a cable hookup to TV or anything. We have Hulu and Netflix and yeah, that's what we do so too. I'm not going to say I don't have TV, you know, but <laughs> I can't stand when I try to watch morning shows and um, and stuff like that now, like if I were to try to watch the Today Show, it's it's funny to me how much like fear mongering. There's so much fear mongering on the Today Show. Yeah, that seems to be what most of the news is. That's why I get most of my news from the Onion. <laughs> I think that's a responsible place to get your news from. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really like um, Miranda Hart on Twitter. She's a British comedian that does a sitcom in the UK. That name sounds really familiar, but I can't place it with a face. She's um, kind of tall and kind of awkward. She's probably over six feet tall. Wow. And she's very British. <laughs> and she cracks me up. I like um, Jim Gaffigan's pretty funny. <laughs> I enjoy the the Colbert Report Twitter account. Yeah. I've seen a few from there. I just I love I love the Twitter. <laughs> I because I'm a late adopter, I stayed away from it for a really long time because I resented the idea of having to tweet like where I was and what I was doing all the time. Like it's why I don't use the check check-in app on Facebook because I just kind of have that Woody Allen level of paranoid and I just don't want people to know where I am. Right. So I thought that's what Twitter was. I thought it was just people doing that. And instead, when I saw, you know, all these comedians and all these TV shows that I like using Twitter in a different way, I thought, oh, well, I can do that. Like, if I'm allowed to use it in whatever way I want to and I don't have to say, hello, I'm eating a banana, then (laughs) I'll be good. I think I really initially joined Twitter because of you. Really? Yeah. Back when you had a live journal blog and you had a little Twitter widget on the sidebar, I was like, what's this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. That, those those were the days we were talking about last week when I wanted to be Will Wheaton. That was yeah. 
That was you were so you joined the Audrey wishes she was Will Wheaton Twitter party. Yes. <laughs> it was pretty sad and pathetic. I believe he has a blog on Live Journal still to this day. I love Live Journal. <laughs> I was just um so poor at the time that I couldn't afford the like ten dollars a month. I was like, I can't. Yeah. Blogger does the same stuff for free. It's true. And, you know, they get the thing that I like about bloggers, they get better consistently. They continue to offer you what you want. Like, it seems like, actually, I feel like I should be a little concerned that bloggers spying on me because every time I think, I wish I could get rid of the status bar at the top so it just looked like a regular website, all of a sudden that feature pops up or they get a widget that I want, or they just, they're, it's a very intuitive, and I like that instead of doing one big refresh every year, they change frequently, and I just, I appreciate that. Yeah, it helps they have a, to have a powerhouse like Google. <laughs> I'm a blogger on the go, and I need my blog system to change with me. <laughs> so that I can blog about stupid stuff that nobody wants to read about <laughs> as quickly as humanly possible. Hmm. So, Aaron, I have a cautionary tale for you. Okay. Um, I feel like I need to, to share this because it's kind of a public service announcement. Mm-hmm. So I went Googling. I'm, I'm still in my annual Buffy obsession. It'll last a few weeks. I'm probably in about the week and a half mark. Um, I went Googling for Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I thought, here's what I thought. I thought that fan fiction meant people write, like, new episodes. So you get to go and you get to read the new episode and... I think it does to an extent, but not always. (laughs) So, from your giggle, (laughs) I'm assuming... What does it, what does it mean the other times when it's not just somebody who's like, oh, I wish I could have been a writer on Buffy. Here's an episode I would have done. It's probably that 10% of the time. Aaron, what is it the other 90% of the time? Well, have you heard of Rule 31 of the internet? No. Uh, if there, if it exists, there is a porn about it. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know this. Yeah, there's a whole website dedicated to it, actually. It's, it's one of those not safe for work websites, but. I cannot believe I felt like one of the Flanders boys. I was like, oh, my freaking eyes. Like, <laughs> I just didn't know. I was just, I didn't know. Like, and so I, I go Googling because, okay, we'll re- put a pin in this. We'll, we're going to return to this story in a minute because I'm okay. going to take you to another anecdote to explain why I did this. When I first started going to graduate school, the publisher that does the Star Trek books was still taking open submissions. Awesome. I know. <laughs> and so, honestly, that is not even going to lie. That is most of why I went to graduate school, because they had this whole page that that, that helped people who wanted to submit treatments or ideas for, for a Star Trek book. And I wanted to write a next-gen book, and I had a whole plot in mind. And they said, one thing that will get you an automatic read. We will automatically read your manuscript if you have a master's degree in English or creative writing or something like that. And I was a working writer anyway, and I thought, how could that be bad? But that is really, that is why I went to graduate school. And I even would say in my classes, when they would go around my first semester and say, why are you all going to graduate school? 
and everybody else would have these lofty, amazing reasons. And I'd be like, I want to write a Star Trek book because I was too dumb to know that I should like not out myself like that and <laughs> put a giant target on my back. Like, but luckily everybody was, well, not everybody, but most people were, were really nice about it. So I, I have my plot in mind and my plot is I want to write a next gen novel and I want to continue the Sherlock Holmes holodeck story. Oh yeah. And I wanted Watson to have invented himself an actual Sherlock. So kind of continuing that. And then I don't know if you know this, but there's kind of a, there's kind of a thing that says that Spock is an ancestor to um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle somehow. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a whole thing. And, um, so I just, I kind of wanted to, to tie all of that together. And I had actually written a, a good chunk of that. And so that's why I went searching for fan fiction, because I thought, I wonder who had some other interesting Buffy ideas. And like the first story that I read, I was reading through, I got through about three or four pages and then just the porn happened. <laughs> and it was like really dirty. And, and so I, I kind of closed it really fast, and then I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't, you know, and I got all, like, I'm 11 years old. But it was also, unfortunately, really funny. I bet. <laughs> so I had to go back and finish it, because, <laughs> because it was so ridiculous. I don't know if you've ever read internet lady porn, but it's very different than man porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some, like, it's, have you ever read any of it? Not recently, probably like. Sorry, that's a really personal question to ask you. Like, so, Aaron, <laughs> how often do you read lady porn? That's all right. I'm pretty much an open book. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't even think of the last time. Honestly, probably ten or fifteen years ago, when I was way too young to be doing it. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's when it's probably you know, that's, that's probably. I feel like most of the people writing it were probably like fifteen. Right. <laughs> Well, it was it was uh, funny to me because pretty much every single dirty Buffy fanfiction involved Spike secretly loving Buffy from the moment he saw her, despite the fact that he was definitely trying to kill her. Um, what about Spike? What about Spike and Angel? There's a secret, uh, a secret homosexual love affair. <laughs> oh, there were plenty. There were lots of those. <laughs> Lots of those. And there were some where, like, characters had been combined. So, like, Spike and Angel were the same person. (laughs) And then all of them also involved Spike cooking Buffy breakfast, shirtless usually. Yeah, of course. And it was all about, like, unrequited love. Like, it was never about, like, the sexy part. It was always about Spike really wanting to be, like, monogamous and get married and, like... (laughs) stuff that he would never, that that character would never actually do, and it was just, it was so funny to me that that's what pornographic writing by and for young women is is really about, is is about, let's, I've loved you from afar for lots of years, let me make you breakfast, without a shirt. And then marry you. Yeah, exactly, I was like, what? It was good, but also (laughs) terrible. And sad. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit <laughs> sad. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh no, this is somebody. And there were there were you know the few. Po- well, no, I I don't want to get into bashing 
Buffy fan fiction writers. It was just a world unknown to me. So, yeah. So that those happened. Those people probably graduated to having, like, a deviant art gallery. Definitely. <laughs> they, they all have Zazzle accounts. <laughs> <laughs> See how I brought it full circle from last week? Yeah, that's good. Or well, they're all really famous, successful authors, and they all have Star Trek books now. Yeah, and you that's, know. That's still, oh. like, my, I'll know I made it when I have a Star Trek novel. <laughs> that's all I want in life. I just really want a Star Trek. And I was so, I even, like, <laughs> I even read, like, the the introductory chapter of my next-gen novel, like, out loud to a class once. Because mm-hmm. it takes me a while to catch on about right. whether or not something is, like, a bad idea, or maybe this is not the right forum for that. And so I read it, and I just, looking back now, I think about people's faces, and I think, oh, my gosh, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't receive it well? You know, a couple of, like, it's, it helped me find my people, because there were, like, two people that totally got it and loved it. And I knew that they were the safe people. <laughs> Have you ever done fan fiction? No, I've I've never really been that good at fiction in general. I've I've tried writing it a little bit, but I think I'm too what's the word? I wanted to say left brain, but I don't know if that's the right brain. <laughs> that's the oh, correct stupid brain. Stupid brain hemispheres. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, most of my writing training was in journalistic writing, and it just kind of stuck with me so bad that my fiction always was really boring. Like. Here is a paragraph of very dry details. Here is boring dialogue. <laughs> Some of us like very dry details. <laughs> I think you should write a whole book of very dry details. A journalistic interpretation of Star Trek fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever read any Bill Bryson? He does a ton of dry details, but I but in a really fantastic way. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, Aaron, you would really like him. I command you to read some Bill Bryson. <laughs> when I when I edit this, I'll request it at the library. Find some um, some of his recent books. He did a book called Home. Um, he did a book called The Short History of the Universe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he did a book about Australia that I really love. Um, but Home Home might be a good one to start with. Okay. Um, it's like the literally the history of the house. <laughs> Like the toilet and the door, and and he's um, from England, and so he talks a lot about British homes, and it is just endlessly fascinating. I feel like Bill Bryson's job on this planet is to get people out of our heads. Like we have no right to be bored on planet Earth, mm-hmm. no right. That's true. Sometimes I think I get bored just because I have too much to do. Yes, like well, you know, it's busy work. We all have busy work, but like. I could, I feel like we could each be given a subject. Like I could give you the Mariana Trenches and you could go spend your entire life researching the Mariana Trenches. Yeah. Oh god, my cat. <laughs> Which cat was that? That's the oldest one. He, if he's not getting someone's attention when he wants it, that's the sound he makes. <gasps> oh my gosh. It's a terrible banshee whale. He's a Siamese cat, so they're... Oh, they're known, that's the reason. They're known for being talkative. <laughs> that's a pretty funny meow. Yeah. It sounds like a recorded meow in a cat toy. <laughs> He's also pretty old, so I think that may be part of it. Oh, 
senile thiamine youth. Yeah, he's going to be 21 this summer. Holy moly. Yeah. That's pretty old. Yeah. He's got allergies that are worse than mine, but other than that, he's in good shape. <laughs> That's like that. I feel like you couldn't have been dealt a, a more difficult hand with that cat. Well, he's Siamese and he's super old and he has really bad allergies. <laughs> also, he has to wear diapers and he has little wheels, <laughs> little wheels instead of back legs. <laughs> oh, those are so cute. <laughs> and he has to wear glasses. Jonathan Lipnicki glasses. <laughs> also, he's... Nope, I was going to take it to a... Nope. Holy level. Nope. <laughs> I get so immature around you that things take a nosedive really quickly. Oh, that's alright. Stop, Audrey. Um, so, uh, Trek, speaking of Star Trek... There was, I realized there was something, we, we kind of crammed 13 years of missed Star Trek talk into last week's podcast, but there was one thing that we didn't talk about, and it was the J.J. Abrams movie. Oh, I loved it. I watched it twice in theaters, and I usually don't go even once to see a movie in a theater, so. Really? What's your, what's your typical movie routine? You just... I wait for a video release and get it for a dollar at Redbox. <laughs> Fancy. I'm such a penny pincher. I'm like, $13 for a movie. When I was your age, it was $3.50. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's, I think it's called being smart. I wouldn't call it penny pinching. I would call it being being smart. I always kind of thought it was maybe just being crotchety and old. <laughs> I went to see it four times. Hmm. And I I have a good system. When I really like a movie... I'll start taking people one at a time. So you have an excuse. Yes, instead of going in a whole group. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I went, and then my husband and I took my dad, and then I took Lindsay, who is not usually a Star Trek fan, but she loves J.J. Abrams. Yeah, and I think that way that movie's written, it could be a good entry point for people. And it was. That's the thing. Like, we found this new, like, nerd common ground, kind of. Yeah. It was fantastic. And then I took somebody else, but I don't remember who. Sorry, whoever you are. <laughs> You're not memorable. It was so good, though. I thought he just perfectly captured the essence of the the cast and the cast chemistry. And I feel like normal Audrey would have been, like, furious about the Uhura Spock thing. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, canon, but I loved it. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Well, and by, well, I guess, you know what, it's been years. We don't have to worry about spoilers. No, but who cares? By, by him blowing up Vulcan at the end, he made sure that basically he could do whatever he wants with further movies. I mean, and talk about a Spock with an edge now. Yeah. This is going to be a very different... This is not your mother's Spock, you know, like, <laughs> I'm excited about a Spock with a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I think it's going to be good, and he, he can change whatever he wants now, because, you know, Vulcan was such a crucial place, and yeah. good old good old time travel butterfly effect, you know. And I love the fact that it kind of leaves the other movies intact. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love, speaking of Star Trek, it leaves the other movies intact, so it's as though that other timeline still happened completely. Yeah. And we just went back and we're jump-starting it. Was, it was genius writing because it 
it doesn't rob us of our emotional, like, I don't want to feel like that stuff never happened. I, I still need Voyage Home to have happened. I really yeah. need them to have saved the whales. Like, it's important to me. But then maybe also Data doesn't have to die. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I have a, I, I always see the Star Trek movies with my dad. <laughs> and I'll, I, did you feel misdirected? Like, I thought for sure Picard was going to die. Um, I sort of thought, I sort of thought Picard might die, but when they, when Data bit it, I was like, no. The marketing campaign for Nemesis was genius for that reason, because all of the posters had shins on Tom Hardy, by the way, before we knew who Tom Hardy was. Yeah. Um, all the posters had shins on with a knife and then Picard's face. And we all kind of knew it was the na the last next gen movie. And I just, the, whoever did that marketing campaign, even the trailers, you just knew Picard was going to die. And I went in there prepared. I was fully prepared for Picard's death for him to die for his crew. Like I was, I was so ready for that. And I'll never forget when it was data instead, <laughs> because I just remember my dad, my dad is, he's a Marine, an ex-Marine, and he, well, you know, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine, but he's a very, he's kind of like having like a, a Marine Michael Caine for a dad, like, emotion sort of doesn't compute, like, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't show emotion, so I remember when Data died, no, and my dad and I couldn't be more opposite, I'm like 100% emotion, and my dad is like 2% emotion. And so I was just, I was literally like weeping. I was like sobbing in my chair so hard that the chair was like, we can, we can, we can, yeah. Like, had a, I brought Kleenex because I knew somebody was going to die. And, and I just remember him looking at me like, stop that. Like, stop. Like, it's, it's going to be, <laughs> he just didn't know what to do with me. Hold on, I'm trying to get my stupid kitty in one. Allergy cat. He does this thing where he sits like a foot out of reach and just stares at you. I know. Why do they do that? Yeah. Like if you want affection, just move forward. <laughs> they they need you to come to them. Yeah. Um, I'm really back on Star Trek though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be I'm, honest, we're probably gonna talk Trek most for the majority of our Okay. Yeah, probably. Um, I'm really excited for the new movie because I really love Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh my gosh, genius casting. <laughs> I always say his name, usually say his name differently, so I really had to think about it before I said it. <laughs> I'm always like Engelbert Cumberdink. Um, <laughs> I, he sounds like something I would order at a at a British pub. I'll have your Benedict Cumberbatch, please. Yes. <laughs> With a spot of tea. But I don't, I really don't know anything about the movie, except he's in it, and that's about it. I'm, um, I go on total blackout for Trek movies. Yeah. I, don't, I, do, I try not to watch previews. Um, I don't, I, st I stop looking at Ain't It Cool, because I don't even want a headline to spoil anything. Like, I just go on total blackout. I don't want to know. That's, those are the, mo the movies that I'm really excited about and I really care about. I want to know nothing. Yeah, I think it's best not to have your opinion sullied by internet trolls dissing something before you even go in. Yeah, because then you go in and you're kind of thinking, you're kind of, I don't want to be arguing 
with somebody on the internet in my brain while I'm watching a movie, and I would be, because I'm, I'm a pretty argumentative person when it comes to movies, and I'd rather just sit and enjoy and then do the arguing later. Yeah. I don't want to be thinking about, ah, Cumberbatch Biscuits 2 said <laughs> they didn't like cat, the, I don't know. It was a good argument. <laughs> Are you going to go and change your handle to Cumberbatch Biscuits 2? I'm considering it now. <laughs> Did you ever read the um, comic that bridged Next Gen and the Abrams movie? It's called Countdown. Oh, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, it's really good. If if you like data, and I know you do, um, <laughs> you should totally. It was it was four. I went ahead and just bought it in the finished bound book form, but it was four issues, and it's great. It has everybody in it, and it completely connects Next Gen to um, the Abrams movie. I'm googling it now. I for a long time. I have a Star Trek themed bathroom. And I had Countdown framed up in my bathroom. I eventually took it down because I wanted to read it all the time, and it was annoying having to take it down and take it out of the frame, and I was too lazy to buy another copy. And um, <laughs> So up in our bathroom now, my, I have a this fantastic crafty sister, and she made us Star Trek towels. The whole bathroom is black and silver. Um, my other sister bought me a botleth, so we've mounted the botleth um, above like a picture of Worf. Wow. <laughs> Except this, every, every, all of the pictures in the bathroom now are comic book Star Trek. So instead of like actual photos, which would make me feel kind of weird, like I don't want to feel like Worf is watching me when I'm taking a shower or whatever. <laughs> so it's the comic book photos and we have like, it's, it's, I enjoy seeing people's reaction when they visit because it's either like, whoa, you have a Star Trek bathroom or like, whoa, you have a Star Trek bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to go now. I have to run away quickly. <laughs> Please don't kill me with your bot left. <laughs> Do you, have you uh, learned how to fight people with it yet? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I haven't trained. I haven't trained enough with my bot left. But I feel like it'll be really good in a zombie invasion. Yes. You need, definitely need a manual weapon for a zombie invasion. The, uh, did you ever read the Max Brooks the zombie survival? Yes, you know what? We sell it at the, the store I work at, and so I, when I'm bored, I go read it. <laughs> it's so good, but you know that book totally gave me nightmares for a few months. Oh, really? <laughs> there, there are a few topics that like get me somewhere in the like soft spot in my brain, and I can't. They, they scare me at some kind of caveman level, visceral, mm -hmm. and it's the two big ones always have been and probably always will be zombies and sharks. <laughs> if I see... Have you seen the preview? They're doing a movie version of the book, Contiki. Oh, uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. You know what Contiki is? Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> love that book so much. <laughs> and I watched... Jake was like, hey, come watch this preview for Contiki this week. And I was like, what? Contiki movie? And I got really excited. And there are some of the scariest shark shots I have seen since Jaws. Wow. And I literally went, what? I like screamed and jumped off the couch and I was like, why didn't you warn me? No, I'm going to have nightmares. And sure enough, I've been having shark nightmares for the past several nights. <laughs> but it's the, it's the same thing with the zombie survival guide. Like, I, I think people with 
I have kind of a big imagination, which isn't a brag. It's not like, oh, I'm so imaginative. It's like, it's, it's kind of a hindrance because I have terrible, horrible nightmares because it, it, once something gets in there, I can't, it takes a lot of work to get it out. Right. I, uh, have usually considered my, myself lucky that I don't remember anything about dreams I have. You are lucky. <laughs> Sometimes I, I feel like I didn't gone. get any sleep because I went to sleep and went to another world and then I didn't get any friggin' rest. <laughs> <laughs> I just shut my eyes and then I open them and it's morning. It's like the thing where Homer has two jobs and he comes home and he goes to bed and he lays down and his alarm goes off and immediately gets back up. That's what it's like for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <I'm> super jealous. <laughs> What are you um, looking at on the internet now? I was looking for this book that I can't remember what it was called. It was like a mashup of Pride and Prejudice, but with zombies in it. Oh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is what it's called. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I like the monster classics mashup genre. <laughs> Jake got me the one about sea monsters, which now I can't remember the title of. <laughs> War and Peace and Sea Monsters. It was one of the one of the Jane Austen books, I think. Jane Austen and Sea Monsters and Apostrophe. <laughs> um, so I think we promised we were going to talk a little about sexism in Star Trek. We did. We did. Yeah. I can think of no other better example than uh, Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, there's no... The, the, there was the rub-down room. The I will say that they were pretty they were pretty fair with it. Like they objectified men and women pretty equally. That's true. And I think therefore we can't really call it sexism. Yeah. Unless like sexism it's we more have like to... se- sexism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about the sexism of Star Trek. <laughs> Not a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> Equal opportunity sexiests. Yeah. But as for even for being such a progressive show, it definitely had its downfalls. Like even in classic Star Trek, you know, all the ladies wear skirts above their knees and go-go boots. Oh man! <laughs> well, practical. you know, even the first, really the first two seasons, but especially the first season of Next Gen, um, I think it was when Gene Roddenberry was um, show running, mm-hmm. and. Uh, do you remember there was, like, a whole episode about, like, a sex planet? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you remember, like, the... They were all wearing a costume, like, like, like an 80s bikini, <laughs> except ancient Greek 80s bikini, and they all had, like, maybe the, the worst wigs I've ever seen. Yes, and everyone was blonde. Yes! <laughs> and there was lots of massage happening. Yes. <laughs> it was as that Brannigan would say erotic (laughs) except not at all yeah and really i think the consistent example was deanna troy and her cat suit for like four or five seasons um you got a little muffled what was that i said i think the biggest thing that next gen did was leave deanna troy and her cat suit for like four or five seasons (laughs) yeah the purple one yeah yeah i guess sometimes she did have a dress I I liked the cat suit. 
And I want that costume. That would be like if I if I had a I wish I had a whole costume budget because I, I really want that costume. But she was a bridge officer. <laughs> right. Like I could never quite reconcile why Picard was okay with that. Yeah. Well, I can think of why he was okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that literally never occurred to me. <laughs> I mean, she's third in command. Is she, or or did it go Picard, Riker, and then it went Troy, right? Or did it go Worf after that? I think it went. I think it went Beverly was third. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then Deanna was probably fourth once she was promoted to commander, and that's when she had to wear a uniform too. I'm I'm I was happy when she changed it. Yeah, there was yeah. there was the blue dress. Yeah. first, and then there was the purple cat suit, and then, you know, sometimes, I, I, I always enjoyed the Beta Z kind of her leisure clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and I fully admit to sometimes buying dresses that I think look Beta Z. <laughs> it's anything pastel, anything with a taffeta layer over the top, <laughs> anything asymmetrical. Oh, you gotta have the asymmetry. <laughs> yeah, Beta Zs, man. <laughs> pastel, flowy, asymmetrical. <laughs> you know how um, much my world was rocked when I found out her accent was fake. Probably as much as mine. Yeah. It was. Like, it was really? what, what was the moment? I was trying to figure out where she was, where she was from, and I was like, "Oh, she's British. Why does she sound like that?" And so I had to dig deeper. And then my mind was blown. My it's blown. Uh, you know, she has such an amazing, just the sound quality of her voice. I want her to read me stories. I know, right? Like, her voice is very, she has this great kind of nasal quality. That sounds negative, but I mean it in a positive way. Like, <laughs> she just has this fantastic sounding voice, and I don't, it's like sometimes, you know, when you, you hear American people doing British accents, like, we're always doing it wrong. Always. Yes. And it's almost like she was doing, she was doing an American, uh, not an American accent, but a kind of a n more neutral accent. Not quite right, but it worked out because she was supposed to be from Beta Z, and so it almost felt like the Beta Z accent. Yeah, I, I read what it was. She actually, like, formulated this accent on her own. Really? Yeah. I want to say it was something Middle Eastern and then something else that she combined. Oh, I God. like it, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that she and Michael Dorn are super fun to watch together at, at cons. I bet. I really wanted... Um, I'm a little disappointed that Troy ended up with Riker instead of Worf. Really? Yep. Do you remember the kind of season seven... Season six and seven kind of flirtation with putting them together. Yes. I was very pro that. But then Worf couldn't have moved to DS9 and married Dax. I don't know. I'll just never get over it. I just <laughs> feel like he's the wrong lady. Okay, I found that her accent is Eastern European and Hebrew. Wow, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> never would have guessed. Yep. Yeah. I do, I think you're right about wanting her to read, read stories. But it has to be in her Deanna voice. Yeah. She was great on, uh, Gargoyle. Yeah, so what, basically like the whole next gen cast was on that show. Yeah. At some but point or another. Definitely Jonathan Frakes, definitely Michael Dorn, and definitely Maria 
Sirtis, Sirtis. I don't know how to say it. I say Sirtis, but we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrible. We should know, of all people. I don't really think of any... But yeah, I think as a whole, Star Trek was kind of a mild, subversively sexist show. Sexiest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and... It irritated me. What? How uh, there was never any gay characters. I'm like, really? This is several hundred years in the future and no one's gay? <laughs> Nobody's gay, not a single one. Uh, you know what's interesting is that I always had a kind of a different interpretation of that. Because there was one episode... What was it called? It wasn't The Outlaw, but it was something like that. And it was a planet. It was a really progressive episode where the crew visited a planet where everybody was completely asexual. Oh, yeah. And Riker falls in love with one of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. And one of them was, I guess, it was still safe progressive because one of them was beginning to identify as female. It would have been better if she had been, you know. But, and, and it was all about, like, it was, like, almost like, they wanted to tell um, a gay story, but they were afraid to do it, and so they had to do like a reverse gay story. Okay. So they made they made them land on you know the planet of androgyny, and then one of them identifies as female, and then the point was like, hey, people can't help how they are. So it's like Trek was always subversive in that way, and that they were addressing that stuff without addressing it in such a direct way that they were going to get called out on it, kind of. Yeah, and I kind of I, part of me admires that because it was a it was a different time even in the late '80s and early '90s. But then you think about a show like Buffy, where Whedon was like, "Nope, we're just gonna have two gay characters, and it's just gonna be a part of everyday stuff." And you think, well, that that changed everything. So yeah. subtle subversity is is great. I'll take subtle subversity over nothing at all. But I'll, I'd rather. I'd rather have it not be subversive at all and just be a part of the everyday storyline. Yeah, I, I did read that there was a Next Generation episode that didn't get aired that was, that there was an out openly gay character and it was supposed to be about AIDS. Like he got it as, not AIDS, but he got a disease and... Space disease. Yeah. Space, space. AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Fox wouldn't allow it to air, so... You're kidding! Yeah. Like they filmed it or they didn't even get to shoot it? They didn't even get to shoot it. Huh. What a shame. Yeah, but it was Fox, so no one's surprised. They were... <laughs> man, I, Trek was always tackling issues, man. Yep. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, as much as they were allowed to. Right. Oh, spades. <laughs> Space AIDS. <laughs> I guess we can kind of joke about AIDS now. 2013. Well, we joked about rape week. I mean, not, re- you know what I mean? Like, there was a word. It's just a word. <laughs> we did say rapey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in, I, I used to have this thing that I did on the blog called The Weekend Geek, and it was just a wrap-up, and it, I would pick three or four news stories that broke that week and just sort of sum them up. Um, what was the biggest bit of geek news that you heard this week from our last podcast? Oh man, um, so one of my an author resigned from DC Comics, and is the guy who does the Green Lantern series. Really. And he resigned the same day that the Pope resigned. Oh no, that guy didn't <laughs> get any attention, boo. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I can't even remember his name. 
he were like, uh, some guy resigned. I don't know. I think his name was something Pope. Uh, he wrote comic books, but he lives in Rome. I'm really confused. <laughs> he wrote a comic book I read. I can't remember it. Speaking of the Pope resigning, I had an interesting... I, I feel like maybe it was supposed to be a learning experience, but I don't know what to make of it, so maybe you can help me figure it out. Mm-hmm. So the day that the Pope resigned, um, I I kind of stick with Facebook and Twitter. I kind of stick to talking to friends or making jokes or talking about movies or whatever. I try to stay away from hurting anybody's feelings. I don't mind being truthful or being subversive in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, tr- I try not to hurt people's feelings. But the day that the Pope resigned, there was this awesome meme going around. I don't know if you saw it. It was from the Monty Python sketch, Nobody Expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> no, I didn't see was, the meme, but I know the sketch. <laughs> it was the three cardinals at, at, at that moment where they say that, and but it just said, Nobody Expects the Papal Resignation. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty much the greatest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> so I shared that, and uh, I got a couple of comments on it from... First of all, from people who never, who I never talked to on Facebook anyway, so it didn't really upset me. But one guy just wrote, wow, ellipses. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means you think it's awesome or it's terrible. That and was then like I, loaded ellipses. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and I, uh, I, uh, several of my other Catholic friends were talking about how upset they were about that people were treating this lightly and so I tried to put myself in their shoes and think well how would I feel like because to me like I, I'm not I'm not a Catholic I don't believe in that hierarchy and I don't I don't I'm not like I'm I ain't again it like I don't know maybe I kind of am I don't know where I stand on Catholicism except that I'm not a Catholic and I don't I don't have a lot of reverence for religion yeah you know like I believe in God and I'm I consider myself a very spiritual Ah, that's annoying. People always say that. But, like, I, I have my beliefs. We can, that's another can of worms for another day that I yeah, hold yeah. here. But I don't hold any, re- like, religion. Or especially any religious leader. Yeah. And when I posted it, I wasn't even thinking about, hello, post-Skype crash friend. <laughs> Hi. I can edit them together if you just want to back up a little bit with what you're saying. Cool. <laughs> I wasn't saying much because I'm a chicken. You notice when we get to subjects like this, I'll be like, you know, I mean, it's not that I'm this, and it's not that I'm that. Like, I gotta, I gotta get better about just being honest. Um, <laughs> just own it. I, I just, I thought it was, I thought it was silly that people were offended by that. I mean, how much? It's public figures are kind of just par for the course. Like, people are going to joke about them. Right. The end. Get over it. You know. He's just, he's just some guy in a pointy hat who wears a robe. And I, I, like, I don't, no, I think that's really how I feel. <laughs> I'm kind of going through the, uh, there's a couple episodes of The Office, I don't know if it's season two or three, where Pam, Pam finally starts saying what she wants. She's like, I have to stop being such a wuss and just start admitting what I want. That's kind of where I am, so bear yeah. with me when we get to these things and I have to be like, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, because I don't. I really don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's also okay to have an opinion. I agree. Hooray! Same <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so should we call it a wrap? You think that's everything? I think so. I had I had just a little bit of a list of topics in front of me, and the only things <laughs> the only things I have left are movie themed haunted houses, <laughs> Sarah Miller and the Doctor Who videos, 
because I forgot to mention those last week, but that's like barely a talking point. And then the last question I had for you was, are you interested in doing like specific segments? Are you interested in doing interviews with people in the future? If so, what might you be interested in doing on this here podcast? We could do, we could do both of those things. Cool. I've done, I've done podcast interviews before. I know you like to keep it loose though, so I want to respect the Yeah. Even my interviews are pretty loose though. I'll usually have a list of questions and, you know, if I don't even get to five of them, oh well, you know, I just do like two or three and, you know, if the, the person I'm interviewing is, you know, talkative and, and open to having dialogue with us, then, you know, it usually turns out pretty good. So I was thinking, I have a couple people in mind. I mean, anytime you can make an excuse to talk to a celebrity is good. Exactly. <laughs> so I figure I can put those ideas in my pocket for, I don't know, maybe a few shows from now when we're a little warmed up. But I wanted to have, there's a writer that I went to graduate school with, and he just wrote an article about villain love, like villain couples. Oh, yeah. And I thought that might be an interesting thing to have him on and talk about that. I thought that might be kind of cool. And then uh, Lindsay and I were joking last night. We were sending texts, um, and Lindsay had, was doing this funny thing called this, parentheses, sad, and parentheses, American life. And it was just jokes about being pathetic in different ways. And I thought, that could be a really funny segment. I agree. <laughs> so there's that. So I just wanted to see if you were open to things like that. So put think about people you might want to have on the podcast and or stuff you might want to do. And we'll keep it we'll keep it real loose still. But anything that, that feels fun or funny to you, we'll, we'll give it a whirl. Sure. Um, we do have, I can announce that we have seven whole subscribers to the podcast right now. Really? Yeah. I'm actually pretty surprised by that. Um, I can't, I was hoping I'd be able to see like how many times it was downloaded, but oh, wait. If I would have known people were listening, I would have used this voice a lot more. <laughs> it's probably good that you waited till the end to tell me. Is that your, your, uh. That's my sexiest in, voice. Your sexy NPR voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Audrey please don't talk like that again voice um, we are listed on iTunes now that's exciting that's very exciting um, I'm working on Stitcher Radio they haven't emailed me back saying we were approved even though I already have another show in Stitcher so I feel like they should just approve me <laughs> oh I love Stitcher I love I love Stitcher's random news updates <laughs> what Stitcher says constitutes a text emergency sometimes makes me laugh <laughs> Like, announcement, Australian kangaroos, overpopulated. <laughs> like, really, Stitcher? Really? But I love it. I love it so. Um, what else? Oh, I was thinking about putting us on SoundCloud. A lot of podcasts are doing that now. What is this SoundCloud you speak of? Think of, like, YouTube, but it, it only had sound. Oh, I like it. I like it very much. Yeah. A lot of bands use it to, like, share new music and... You can just go straight there and stream stuff. Um, speaking of music, I'm going to start recording some geek music-y stuff. I have a list of songs I've always wanted to do and a ukulele I got four years ago that I still don't know how to play. And uh, <laughs> a guy that I'm paying $20 a week to play piano for me. And uh, I don't know if you'd be open to me every once in a while if I think it's good and I, I'm not, I don't want to hit myself over the head maybe sharing one of those here. Oh, sure. Also, is that it in the kind of what's happening podcast news department? 
I think so. So I have one final thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and then we can go. Um, I heard a quote on Twitter this week, and I wanted to run it by you because it gave me the feelings. (laughs) The quote was, starting a podcast is either a sign of extreme success or extreme failure. Your thoughts? (laughs) I I think we're definitely on the success end of that quote, (laughs) obviously. So we're also on the denial end of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the podcast spectrum. <laughs> I mean, we got seven subscribers in one week, so that's pretty good. If it goes down this week, <laughs> we're going to have to talk. <laughs> so from what I can tell, no one's actually downloaded it. <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. That could be it. No, you're probably looking at <laughs> I think as we keep doing this, though, that we're going to figure out what we're about. Yeah. You know? I think it takes... I'm a big believer that if you want to do something, you just jump in and you do, do it. it. Yeah, and me it'll, too. it'll take shape as it, as it does or it won't, but you, you can't know if the thing is going to happen until you're doing the thing. Right. I agree. And I just really, I, I enjoyed talking to you this week. I think we hit some, if you, if you just put every controversial thing that we touched even for a second in the, in the tags, like hashtag Pope jokes, Hashtag gay issues. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Star Trek. (laughs) That'll help. Um, So, let's see. If you want to uh, get a hold of us, you can email us at bfg.podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at bfg underscore podcast. Um, You can tweet me. I'm at, at Aaron Decker. I guess I'll spell it this week. It's a A R O N D E P P E R T. You may call him Aaron Depair if you like. Yes, to make it sound more French and less German. Yeah. Aaron Depair. <laughs> no, you, don't do that. Not are right. you familiar with the show Keeping Up Appearances? I am not. I know what it is, but I have not watched it. This woman who thinks she's a lot fancier than she is, and her her last name is Bucket, and she tells everyone it's bouquet. <laughs> Because Bucket isn't fancy enough for her. Oh, that's really funny. That's the only other character I've met with the last name Bucket other than the Charlie. The Charlie. (laughs) The Charlie Bucket. Well, this is also a British show, so that could be a British name. Oh, okay, okay. So next week we're going to talk British TV. Oh, I could, yeah, I could do that. (laughs) That's going to be the magic topic next week. We covered a lot of Trek this week, and it's sexism, and next week we are going to talk British television because I feel like I could, I could... We gotta go black books, we gotta go um the IT crowd, we gotta do the whole thing. Okay. I'm in. So British TV coming and also maybe a guest star or seven. Or twenty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna all ask all of them really uncomfortable questions. That's gonna be our thing. We're just gonna make people uncomfortable. <laughs> ask them about their bathroom habits. <laughs> The first question right out of the bat should be like Catholicism and homosexuality. Go. And then then how often do you have a bowel movement? Yeah. (laughs) The trifecta of uncomfortable. (laughs) I really, really like it. I feel like I'm going to get kicked out of some places for these things that we talk about. But I like, kick me out, you know, do it. Thankfully, we we currently live in an age where you can't get kicked out of the internet. (laughs) 
Really? Are you sure? Well, I guess you could for some things, but (laughs) not for what we're doing. This is an exercise in my de-wussification. It's good for me. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it was really fun talking to you. Really, really fun. And I look forward to uh, maybe next Friday as well. Sounds good. Okay, have a good day, Aaron. You too. I'll talk Everybody to you later. Everybody de-wussify this week. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. I uh, There was no coffee left. My wonderful husband's going to make me some. And I think Aaron's still gone. So, hi, I have the podcast all to myself. So, hey there. Eh, internet. Um, know that the only person listening is my sister. Hello, out there. Um, maybe Aaron will let this out. Edit, edit this out? Let this out? Oh, dear. I need more coffee. So, um, I feel like maybe I should be reading from my memoirs. But I don't have any. Uh, so, coffee, cats, 